Hello and welcome to God's Word During Exile. We're a group of pastors that get together to study God's Word. We're going through the catechism right now. I'm sure all of you guys who are our listeners are a little upset because you're not seeing uh, Professor Brad Pribben out here. Trust me, we're just as upset as you are. He was a great guest. If you haven't listened to uh, his two previous episodes, be sure to hit the pause button on this one and go backwards. Uh, the last two episodes, uh, he shared a bunch of stuff about the uh, Ten Commandments that really you would glean a lot of knowledge from. Uh, we also issued a challenge to our listeners, and we asked you what was different about our recording. And there was one individual who emailed us. That was it. Just one individual who emailed emailed us at God's word during exile, all one word at gmail.com. And you might have an argument. So here's what I'll tell you. If you're upset with the individual who I'm about to tell you, who did notice the change and is getting the mini from Mike, I would challenge you and tell you to complain to us by emailing us at God's word during exile, all one word at gmail.com. <laughs> if you do that, there may be a chance that we will issue another challenge because if you're like well so here's a person that won Lindsay natal those of you who will know me know that that is my wife now some of you might be screaming collusion yeah seriously which insider I, trading i often scream collusion when it comes to you and Lindsay. to which i would to which i would encourage you you don't know the relationship that my wife and i have otherwise you would know that the collusion never goes between the two of us it always goes against me with the other person who is in favor of receiving so what i will tell you though is if you're upset with collusion email us at god's word all during exile all one word at gmail.com i would love to hear from you all right this week we have. Oh wait, wait! Did you did you tell them what uh, what was different? Did I? I don't know because no, we hit the didn't. pause button because. Okay. Oh, what was what was different was Ben's camera angle. Uh, he changed and positions. Usually, it's I'll, I'll help you out. Ben is right there. On you or on, on me. me? On me. That doesn't help me at all. That doesn't help me at all. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, so Ben's camera angle is different. Usually we have that uh, painting of uh, Luther and Christ uh, on the cross. We don't have that anymore. Uh, however, it is there off to Ben's left. So if you really need it, he'll just point in that general direction and it'll show you where it's at. So but that at was least cheese. He's been looking as proper as ever, though. Yeah, look at him. So dapper. What a good looking individual we have good thing <laughs> all right so uh also we love to hear from our listeners and we got an email from one of our listeners and she asked us a few questions and i we want to share the questions with you and we're going to spend some time today answering those questions and i would like to name the puppy at this moment and tell you that today will be our last episode on the fifth commandment. Woo. Let's Boom. Get so here we go. Uh, <laughs> here's the email from Christina. Guys, do you want me to... I think maybe we should open in prayer, and then I'll read them, and then we can answer them as I read them. Yeah. That sounds good. Okay. That sounds yep. good. So do you want me to open in prayer, or do you want to allow somebody hey, else you're, to go? You're, you're the one who's in trouble. 
keep rolling. All right, let me open us in prayer, and then we'll uh, we'll read some of these questions. Heavenly Father, we're just grateful that we can come here today. We can study your word. We're grateful for the listeners that are willing to interact with us and send their questions. Help us to uh, read these questions and to respond to them in an encouraging and biblical way so that uh, we can bring some clarity to these questions. Uh, Lord, we just ask you to uh, glorify yourself in the conversation that we are about to have, in the sharing that we are about to do. And Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity that you have given to us in order to study your word through the through the Ten Commandments, through the Catechism. And so, Lord, we just give this time to you, and we pray that it is to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so here, here are some of the questions from our listener. And like I said, if you have questions that you'd like us to answer, we would love to hear from you. You can email us. I'm not going to say the email again because I said it <laughs> at least five times. You know what it is, all right? We would love to hear from you. So here's here's a, the first question from our listener, and then I'll let you guys fight, at, fight, fight about it. All right, here we go. Number one, first question is this. If in an effort to save a person's life, for example, a doctor performing surgery, all right, and the person dies, is that killing? What do you guys think? All right. So what I was thinking was uh, that if the doctor is, you know, honestly trying to save the person's life and trying to do a faithful job as a doctor and the and the person ends up dying anyway that that was not a sinful thing to to try to lovingly save that person's life even though they failed um you know doctors are not omnipotent they can't they can't fix everything and you know they can't ultimately reverse all the problems of sin and death that are in the world um but if the person if the doctor is uh watching the the weekly football game on their phone that's sitting on the table while they're trying to do surgery or they come in drunk or something like this and through their own carelessness uh lack of love for and concern for the person uh, lack of real interest in trying to help them and and because they've taken vows to do this right uh, as well this is not just uh even some random bystander this is a person who this is their vocation and they've dedicated themselves to this it's their responsibility with this particular patient and they um through recklessness carelessness lack of love uh do a terrible job um, and maybe even cause more harm to this person, that would be sinful and terribly wrong. What do you guys say? Yeah. So if you're neglecting your duty that you have, <laughs> I said duty. If you're neglecting <laughs> uh, your role that you have begun to do in terms of being a doctor like you have a certain oath that you take as a doctor and if you are not adhering to that oath thus putting another person's life in jeopardy purposefully then i would say <clears throat> yeah that is a problem that you're that you're doing that so anybody else want to weigh in on that well, I, I just that i agree with you guys i think you're handling this well and doing it rightly 
Um, but my mind came to this, this other thought about, let's say you were a doctor and you did everything you could to try and save a patient and the patient still died. Uh, you, you might still carry guilt. You, you might still feel yep. like it was your fault, like feel like it was sin. You could have done more. You could have done, done more. Better. So, so even though it was wouldn't be a sinful thing, you were doing everything you could to save this person. They didn't make it. You might still uh, carry around the weight of that loss yep. uh, because of how serious it is. Um, mm -hmm. But know that that's not a, a weight in that situation that you would have to bear. But it'd be a very natural, normal human thing to carry with you. Yep. Maybe I could expand this a little bit more. I think that, you know, I'm Mike and I, Mike Natal and I both mentioned the oath that a doctor takes, but I would say that if, let's say that you're not a doctor, but you're, you know, there is a person dying next to you. We, there was an NFL player who was on the field uh, having cardiac arrest, I believe uh, on Sunday last week. And, you know, somebody who needed help. I mean, we just, it's just an example of somebody who unexpectedly needs help and there's a bunch of people around and there were professionals there that were able to help them. But imagine that there weren't, you're not a professional and there's somebody there that needs help. You know, this is the good Samaritan story, right? Somebody who's on the side of the road. It wasn't your fault that they ended up there beaten up on the side of the road, but are you going to step over them? Are you going to leave them there hurting and not help? I believe the loving thing to do is to try your best to help them. Uh, while I've been driving around in this awful weather these last couple of weeks, um, you know, there's been lots of cars in the ditches. And I felt like as a, just as a Christian, that I ought to be looking in these cars to see if there's anybody stranded in the ditches in these snowbanks. Um, and so, you know, and we haven't been able to help in every situation. I was pulling a camper with my family in the middle of some of these storms, but we called the police, you know, when we saw somebody in the ditch and said, do you know about this person? Is somebody on their way to help? I just felt like it was my duty and it would be wrong to just drive past them and say, oh, they're probably going to be fine. Oh, they got a cell phone. I'm sure, you know, um, they didn't look too bad, whatever. You know, I think that <clears throat> God calls us to love our neighbor and, um, and and whatever that looks like exactly is hard to tell but you know it's the right thing to do is to love them and help them best we can and if we we uh do not help them um you know willfully do not help them um i think that's wrong um and i think maybe maybe even when i i brought up the thing about drunkenness for a doctor you know the scriptures tell us to not be drunk with wine anyway, right? But be filled with the spirit. And I've, you know, one of the things about that is at any time that you're drunk, even if you're at home, what if somebody calls you for help and your neighbor needs you at that moment? You can't help. You know, these kind of things are, I think are good to consider with our life um, in general too. But really that's, you know, the law of love, in my opinion here that, we are to look out for our neighbor and help them. Um, and there's a lot of different ways that we could be doing something wrong, either by neglecting them, being unwilling to help them, being careless, um, even um, doing foolish things where we're no longer able to help because uh, we've handicapped ourselves with like drugs or alcohol or something like that. So 
we're talking about so many different scenarios and it's tough to sort through all of the possibilities, but. Yeah, I was, I was also going to say too, there's, there's also a risk that we need to kind of weigh. And so like, this is, this is very much like a a tightrope walk situation because we are called to help. We are called to love. We are called to assist individuals who are in need of assistance, but also the tightrope of this is that there is a point in which you need to ask yourself, is your assistance in doing things for another person causing them to not rely on the Messiah? Have you essentially turned yourself into the Messiah? Meaning like, do they do they contact you about things that they could take to the Lord? Do they call you first in order to do something without trying to do it on their own? Do they... Um, demand things out of you with the expectation that you're just going to help because that's what you've always done. So, so I do want to say like, yes, we are called to help people when they are in need of help, but we also need to tightrope walk, trying to realize, are we being taken advantage of? Is this help actually hindering them to receive the help that, that the Lord wants them to actually get. And so it's, it's really, man, the, the line that you're trying to walk here is, is a tough one. seems like for the person in need of help and for the one that should be helping, we need to recognize that ultimately we need to be trusting God because the doctor trying to help somebody can't necessarily save their life and they can't save everybody. They need to trust God and, and realize he's ultimately the one in control and they don't need to carry all the guilt or all the pressure from that. They just need to do the best they can with the opportunities they have. And the person that is in need of hope has to realize no person can ultimately satisfy all of my needs and give me all the help I need. Ultimately I need to cry out to God, but it is pretty cool that along the way, God has given us neighbors, many of them first responders, firefighters, policemen, state troopers, and on and on and on that he uses to help us, even though they are fallible, weak human people who don't have all power and all knowledge and all of that, right? That's true. <clears throat> There's one other thought that I thought we could kind of expand out of this one. Um, what if there was a situation, say, I don't know, we're all pastors, so let's put it in in into our Sunday morning context. What if somebody enters into the congregation with, with a firearm and is intending to take the lives of members of the congregation? And one of the <clears throat> members gets up and and takes out the person intending to harm the congregation, whether they're you know, concealing a weapon and and shoots them or, you know, just tackles them and they go down, hit their head and, and that person dies. The person who stepped into that situation to defend a life in the congregation, but took a life in doing so, would that fall under the, the, the condemnations of the fifth commandment? Is that, is that murder or killing, depending on how we look at it? Seems to me that, that, you know, when these situations come up, that if you're you're trying to stop somebody who's going to hurt people you're you're not seeking out to kill them you're in this you're actually trying to save lives and protect people and sometimes people need to use deadly force police officers and different people need to 
to stop somebody, even a citizen, I believe, you know, needs to stop somebody from hurting other people sometimes, even though they don't have any hope to kill anybody. I remember a time where I I will not name this person, but uh, some of you know this individual. I was uh, at home with my family and there was a criminal that got loose uh, one at one point, escaped from the courtroom and had gotten loose in the everybody was on this manhunt, this dangerous guy. And uh, this EMT came over to my house with a gun and said, here's how you use this. If this person busts into your house because they were close by, you shoot him three times in the chest and try to stop him, whatever it takes from hurting your family. And then I will come and try to save his life. You don't worry about that. You just call the police and I will be in the ambulance on the way over. We'll try to save him, but you need to have your family be safe. And that was a pretty shocking experience for me, but it was good because I'm not the type of person that would ever want to point a gun at somebody, much less pull the trigger. But, you know, at the same time, as a father and a husband, I have a duty to try to protect my family. Um, You know, as a Christian, I would never want to just hurt anybody, but... um, I want to I want to protect my congregation and my family, my neighbors at the same time. And and you, you can get put in these impossible situations where you have to make decisions like that. And, and I don't I don't think that our police officers in general ever want to do that. Uh, you know, I know that there are some bad apples in amongst our citizens and our police forces and stuff, but. I generally, all the people that I know generally um, have no desire to be hurting people like that or shooting anybody. But unfortunately, sometimes, you know, deadly force is required to protect other people. Military are put in the same position, too. Um, And so there's a difference, I believe, in going on the offensive and just seeking to attack somebody unprovoked or to take their stuff or whatever, whether it's military or police or citizens or just, you know, whatever versus protecting other people. So, all right, let's move. Let's, Oh, sorry, Mike, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, Ben, you said something earlier uh, before we started recording that was pretty eloquent and I don't think I can make it all that eloquent. But you said in these in these situations where there's where there's maybe a gray area where you're not sure and you're choosing between two things that seem evil, like allowing someone to take another person's life or taking their life, you you do the best you can and then and then you repent. Can you make it? Can you say that in a better way that makes more sense? Or or did I butcher it so bad you have no idea what I'm talking about? No, you said it just fine. I said. Um. <laughs> Yo, clip that. You just got praise from Ben. Clip it. I did. I did. Clip it. (laughs) Uh, Just the recognizing the reality that sometimes the decisions that we that we have in front of us, we don't know clearly which one is right and which one is wrong. Or maybe they both neither of them, none of the decisions seem to be right. They all seem to be wrong. Um, and so, you know, it's not really an option to just generally just like do nothing, you know, I mean, you could, 
that could be one of your decisions. Um, and so basically it is that when there are situations, decisions that you don't know clearly whether it's right or wrong, then yeah, you just make the best decision that you can. Um, and you repent of any sin that you committed in the making of that decision and you trust in the mercy and grace of God for forgiveness. So it's, I mean, that's the, I know a lot of times people throw around the, you know, the lesser of two evils kind of thing, but, and some people really trash that and they'll say things like the lesser of two evils is still evil. And it's like, well, yeah, that's the whole point. Like, the point of the lesser of two evils is, and it doesn't just have to be two, but the point of, of going with the lesser evil is that you recognize that there isn't a clear cut right decision, because if you knew that there was a clear cut right decision, that's what you should be doing. Right. So the whole context, the whole situation <clears throat> of choosing the lesser evil is when you're in a situation in which none of your decisions seem to be right. You can't figure out to clearly say this one is right. And so you choose the one that seems to be the least wrong or the least evil. And then you repent of whatever evil was involved in that, but you do the best that yep. you can, because that's just the reality of living in a, in a fallen world. Um, that not everything is black and white, not everything, you know, we aren't able to, and it's not, it's not that there isn't, you know, just to speak of, uh, you know, kind of a step back from everything. It's not that there isn't a right and a wrong, but we are not always able to understand that because of our own uh, infirmities of the sinful flesh. Um, sometimes we are we are not able to to discern due to our own limitations, not because God's uh, will or law is ambiguous and, and unknowable. Um, but we have our limitations because we're sinful human beings. And so we just recognize that, that sometimes we're going to, we're not going to understand, you know, what the right decision, right choice is, or we're going to make the wrong choice. And so we repent of any sin that was involved in that. If we, if we can't specifically identify it, we know that in general, you know, we are, sinful and so that's part of our general repentance as well is that you know you know god i made the best decision that i could and forgive me for you know any wrong done in that and failure to do what was what was right it's not a it's not a license to to not care about the decisions that you make but but a lot of times we can become paralyzed in what do I do? Mm -hmm. And sometimes we just have to make the best decision that we can and repent yep. for for sin that was involved in that. And so it doesn't, it doesn't really to say, so for example, to say, well, the lesser of two evils is still evil. That doesn't really solve anything. That doesn't help anything. How, how does that give any direction to someone? You know, you know what I mean? Like, again, mm -hmm. if, if the right, if the right choice was apparent, that's what you should do. But the whole point of choosing the lesser, the, the least evil is that every choice seems to be evil. 
So it, mm-hmm. so just throwing something like that out doesn't it doesn't help anything. It might sound pious and virtuous, but it really doesn't help anything. Yeah. Um, and so, anyways, that's that's kind of what it was. It seems like if you just totally toss that out, you're ignoring how difficult these decisions can be. I I mean, we often hear about like, well, what if there's a pregnant you know woman and her child, and and uh, one it seems like one of them is going to die. And the doctor has the choice of like who he's going to save, he or she's going to save, you know, what do you do? Well, I mean, I think ultimately we all agree the doctor should do the best he can to save both lives or all lives if possible. Right. But in the moment, in that terrible moment where you can only save one, what are you going to do? I think you just need to do the best you can and then like cry out to the Lord for mercy at the end of it. Right. Or I think of a chaplain. I mean, I've seen some of these movies, heard some of these stories of these chaplains and there's people getting shot and blown to bits all over the place. And you're just trying to save as many people as you can. And, and some people are crying out for help and you have to say, I can't help you. I'm going to help this other person. And, you know, you just can't take care of all of it at the same time. And you're just doing the best you can. And, and that even that medic at the end of that, if, you know, is going to be traumatized by all of those horrible decisions that had to be made. And, and even all the times that they failed to save somebody or help somebody. But, you know, in these moments, you know, all of pretty much all of that is just a result of sin and it's all bad. It's all wrong. It shouldn't be happening. Um, but we also have to recognize we can't just fix it all. We can't do everything perfectly. And in this sinful world, we, you know, we're not always given perfect, easy choices. Well, guys, we are in terrible danger of not finishing the fifth commandment today, especially because Natal said we would. Uh, but we've done some some good work, I think, that's going to help us answer the final two questions that we've got um from christina so uh, we got to keep them pretty brief because we've got two questions left but i think we've laid the groundwork so i think we can do them pretty well uh uh, mike did you want to ask these or you want me to read them i can read them that's fine i mean it's not superfluous so uh, i i have you know dude talk about talk (laughs) about a callback right right how long ago was that that had to be what two two and a half years ago oh it was during james Bro, super flutie. Let's go. All right. Um, So number two is this. If a person has a condition that could be treated, but without treatment, they would die. Does refusing treatment equal suicide? You stumped us, Christina. That's a really good question. It is a great question. Her questions are super good. Mm -hmm. They're really good questions. Yes, it would probably depend. <clears throat> That's basically what I say to almost everything. Say yeah. that again, well, this, I didn't hear that. I said it depends. It a hundred percent is one of those gray area questions, though, that that we just talked about, right, Ben? Because there there are going to be situations where it it could be suicide to refuse to refuse treatment, um, and there are going to be situations where refusing treatment would would not be suicide. But how do we? Where's the line? Like, where? How do you determine and how fuzzy and gray is it? Yeah, I certainly don't want to speak as if the you know 
this is the authoritative word, but by any means, um, I suppose I would, I would maybe just as I think about it and such, I would maybe draw the line. I guess with how, I don't know, how directly, how, what is the direct impact of that treatment? I guess is what, I, what I'm trying to say. So like, if you're, you know, if you're losing blood, you know, at a point where you're going to, you know, bleed out unless you get a, you know, an infusion of blood, you know, if you were to say, no, don't give me that. I mean, that's a pretty, you know, willful act of like, I know I'm going to, to die. That's a very direct cause of my death. I'm going to bleed out. But it might um, also be that you want that blood for the guy next to you that's bleeding out and you're trying to save his life. <laughs> and then it's love. So, of your neighbor wow. if there's so, only one bag of blood and you're saying hey i want the guy next to me to get it you know i mean that's different isn't it yeah that's a i mean i would say ultimately there are conditions in which we could talk through this and be like well it could be this but then it might not be this yeah. but then also what about this scenario and ultimately what we need to fall upon is god's grace i think yeah. like the entire time like it, it constantly goes back to ben's statement where it's like if you're on the side of not knowing or not being prepared to do it it's like you you just gotta throw yourself at the mercy seat and just mm -hmm. ask god for guidance so looks like we'll have to have uh, part two. Yeah. All right. We'll go. We'll go. Uh, point <laughs> Christina five stumped this, us. So that technically yeah. it's not the end of the episode, but a continuation. A continuation. So can somebody give us the gospel? Who's good at that? That's Matt's department. Okay. Matt. Ben says smart stuff. I say heresy. Mike does like gifts and Matt does the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Matt, well, how does it I'm feel honored. Pigeonholed as the best person here. Well, I think that you know, as we hear about uh, just throwing ourselves on the mercy of God, I think that's just what we're trying to get at here is really, I think, a hard attitude of things because when we're despising God, not trusting Him, rejecting His gifts, that's wrong and sinful. But as we trust in the mercy of God, even though we have impossible things before us, we are in a good place when we're trusting in him for forgiveness, for his mercy and grace to get through whatever we're getting through, whether we're the ones suffering and needing help, whether we're the one trying to give help, you know, uh, God is merciful and good and he understands our situations. He understands how horrible they are. I mean, he came down and lived in it with us and even experienced this life. Um, and so how awesome is, is it even to think of uh, Jesus coming to earth, you know, this Christmas season and uh, an epiphany season, and to think of, of that, his love to us, his goodness to us. And, uh, and also to remember that, that Christ has paid for every sin and, uh, and we can put our trust in, in his forgiveness, even to uh, cover all of our failures, our weaknesses, our bad decisions, our inability, and even unwillingness to help at times. Uh, you know, he, he covers all of that, and there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Let's go to the Lord in prayer and close up. Heavenly Father, thanks for today. Um, thank you for that wonderful gospel promise that Matt shared with us, that for those who are in Christ Jesus, there is therefore now no condemnation. Help us to rest in that and live in that. Um, Lord, we sin in many ways. We fall short of your glory in many ways. And yet Christ paid the price for all of our sins. And we thank you for it. Strengthen our faith and ready us for your service. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Later. Thank you, Christina.